I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Variety is the spice of life, and we know that to be the case in the lifestyle as well. We play a little differently, and I think that that variety for us is really fun. Sometimes it can be a little frustrating as well, which we're going to talk through today. But first, we want to give a very big thank you to altplayground.net, a perfect place to go find sex-positive and like-minded friends. You can connect with people from all over the United States and Canada, and you can do fun stuff on there like right now, potentially even win a Sibian in addition to over a 100 other prizes. So head on over to altplayground.net today to check it out for yourself. So before we get to today's topic, we have a sex in the news that I am very passionate about. We talk about this often, as in you and I, Brian, about sex education in the United States, how horrible it is, and how much work it needs so that we stop having issues, so many issues, with sexuality in our country. Everything from consent issues to people being unaware of how to keep themselves safe from unwanted pregnancies or STIs. I mean, it really is a rampant issue. This article from Self talks about a video that went viral recently showing the difference in sex education between the United States and European countries. Specifically, they focus on the Netherlands. And it is shocking the contrast that exists between the two. I'm not surprised. So, for example, Netherlands sex education starts in kindergarten. As well it should. Okay, kindergarten. Now, granted, they're not talking about penetrative sex in kindergarten or anything like that, but they are talking about, for example, consent. Like, when are you allowed to hug someone else? When are you allowed to kiss someone else? Uh, how do you say no if you want if you don't want somebody's touch? I mean, those are things that are so so rudimentary or so they seem, but yet we don't tell kindergartners here things like that, at least not in the school system. No, absolutely not. And of course, I grew up at a different time than you in the prehistoric ages. And <laughs> sex ed was a big deal when I was in school, as I was just telling you before we started this. And even, like, I remember nursery school and kindergarten, it was a lot of that, you know, keeping your hands to yourself and asking permission kind of thing. I don't know where we lost that. I'm really not sure. But I can tell you from a sex ed perspective, as I mentioned to you, I had a teacher in high school, junior year, he taught driver's ed. And he made it real clear first day of class, I'll never forget, And he kind of snapped his fingers and said, pay attention. If you only pay attention to two classes your entire high school career, you pay attention in driver's ed and sex ed. That, and that was, I mean, it was as simple as that. And it was like, okay, now watch this video about fatal car crashes. Yes, yes, but that's also part of the problem because sex education in the United States is very much like driver's ed. See all of the train wrecks that can yeah. happen. We're going to scare you away from having sex. We're going to teach you that having sex when you're in junior high and high school is a horrible idea because it can lead to all of these horrible things. And yet, your hormones are raging and you want to go do those things anyway. They're not teaching you how to protect yourself. They're not teaching you about things like contraception. Well, now I imagine they're not. And I know the big thing they're pushing, obviously, is abstinence now. When I was in school, they handed out condoms. They brought condoms to class. Yeah, that is not the case now. So it was a very different thing. I'll never forget my professor or teacher at the time when opening and unraveling a condom. It was absolutely hilarious. 
but yeah, it you know of course we found it funny as juniors in high school, but yeah, I'm sure it's really changed over the years, and and the fact that the European countries are just so far ahead of us uh, here in the states is pretty staggering. Well, here's some things that the article brings up that I was shocked by. For example, there are only 22 out of the 50 states that require some sort of sex education in public schools. 22. Okay, listen, that, I get it, but that explains a lot when you think about it. Also. of all the schools that have a sex education program are abstinence-based. In other words, they will tell you not to have sex. They will not talk about contraception. They will not talk about what happens if you have an unplanned pregnancy, any of those types of things. The only thing that they're discussing is not having sex, which is not sex education if you think about it. No, it's sex avoidance Yes, is what that is. That's not education. That's avoidance. And as a result of that, the United States has the highest number of teen pregnancies of any developed nation in the world. Well, it makes you wonder, right? If, if all you're going to teach is avoidance and abstinence, who do you really need to teach that class? I mean, what kind of qualifications does someone need to be the sex ed instructor? Honestly, typically I mean, it's like the history teacher that's, you know, yeah. helping out because they're understaffed, which right. is says a lot more about taxpayers and our unwillingness to feed into the school systems. But, you know, I think even then, I just think we have so far to go in terms of being open with younger people about sex. I mean, I think back to the first time I had any level of sex education. I was in my like second year, second or third year of college. Wow, that's crazy. It really was. And the only reason was because I chose an elective that was specifically about sexuality in the United States. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten it then either. And there are people that go their entire lives not understanding why you should use a condom. Yeah, no, there's de- it is definitely, it's declined for sure. The The education process in terms of sex ed in schools and in public schools, certainly, I know from speaking to family members that it's gone, it's gone down drastically. Uh, I just find it so strange that you would think that like a lot of things over time, they improve. Yes. You know, they, they evolve, and this doesn't seem to be the case. I think it's going backwards. And in the Netherlands, I mean, I think it's also kind of shocking, the contrast in content beyond just condoms and contraception and STIs and all those types of things. They're also teaching things like female pleasure in high school. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. The number of women I have known in my life that didn't know that their clitoris was their main sensor of sexual pleasure, it was shocking to me. Yeah, well, and that's why, right? I mean, you got to Google it, I guess. That's what you have to do. I mean, I guess. They're also teaching serious consent. They're teaching a lot of things that are just beyond condom usage as well. And I, I just think that we, as a as a country, need to be doing so much better in that area. I mean, you guys can go read this article. I'll link it in the show notes for you. But the, the staggering statistics between us and the Netherlands in terms of pretty much every measure of healthy sexual activity were so so far behind. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that. The uh, video is really interesting as well. It'll be linked in this article, but it's from Attention, which is a news outlet. It's ATTN. Uh, you should definitely go watch the video. It's it's quite eye-opening. And I also think it's a reminder, granted, we're not parents, but like as a parent that's sex positive, I'm assuming if you're listening to this show, just know like your kids probably aren't getting the discussions that they need about sex. 100% they're not. So anyway, I found that interesting. We have a long way to go. Yeah, to say the least. (laughs) So today we wanted to talk about that we, as in you and I, talk about together privately a lot, like 
basically once a week, I would say. We have the discussion around our style of play. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is because we have always felt that our style of play is a little bit different from other couples in the lifestyle. And as we continue on in the lifestyle, we have new experiences and we interact with more couples. We're kind of reminded of that because people are often very surprised at the way that we play. Well, we have that conversation and I think we have it probably more than once a week at this point. We have it frequently because our types of play, mine and yours, is ever evolving. It changes. And we have those conversations because we consider each other, obviously, anytime we determine that we want to test the water somewhere, you know, individually. And we, you know, we have a conversation about whether or not it's going to be good for both of us, which is really where our level of play comes from, right? And this is a conversation I was having with a young lady that I met. Uh, and had dinner with or drinks with the other day, yesterday, day before yesterday. It's interesting because there are some folks who do think a lot like us when it, as it pertains to couple play versus separate play and how couples interact in a, in a sexual situation or that couples should meet, have a drink or have dinner, get to know each other and then break off and play separately. There's, there's a fair number of people, of, of couples out there that do that not the largest number, however. And when you find a couple, as we have now a couple of times, it seems to really, really work well for us. Yeah, so let's explain a little bit about what our current style of play looks like. I think for any of you who Can have you listened... Can you actually define it? Well, we're, we're going to attempt. We're going <laughs> okay. to do our best. Okay. For those of you who have listened to our other show, From Poor Swingers, or have listened to this show prior to this episode, you know that we began as basically a hot wife couple. I was doing the vast majority of the play. Often you would be there or in a nearby room, not completely separate from my play. And and that's really where we were at for a long time, probably, I don't know, close to a year. Yeah, it, the the le- the hot wife play was really predominantly where we were living at that at that point. What changed was my placement. Whereas yes. you said I would either be in an adjacent room or in a doorway, or another room, until eventually you simply started playing completely separate from me in another place, another location. But that was really the bread and butter, and still is, of our play. The hot wife situations are really, for me, still the the hottest level of play for us. But it's not necessarily the play we've been doing the most lately. So no. we're gonna we're gonna get to that. No. But what I think what really changed is when you started also playing with people separately. And it was not a situation in which we were seeing a couple and then you were going off with the wife and I was going off with the husband. At that point, it was really either single ladies or partner ladies, but they were playing completely separate and individual from their partners. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is now that we're on the road, we have had the opportunity to meet with two couples yes. to this point. Well, one couple that we actually did have the opportunity to have dinner with and then uh, subsequently play with that we talk about on uh, From Port Swingers. We are now currently communicating with a couple. I have already been out with and played with the wife of that couple. You have a date scheduled to meet the husband uh, tomorrow, actually. Yep. And so the second time now, in a very short period of time, we're meeting two couples who play a lot like us. And the other interesting thing is, couple number one, been in the lifestyle a long time, very seasoned. Couple number two, only about four or five months. They are already playing in what is, in my opinion, 
a higher level Advanced. of advancement. Yep. So I find that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we should talk about, from both of our perspective, why playing with couples who want to play in this way is kind of ideal in our mind right now and why we've kind of shifted to try to find couples that are like us that want to play this way. 100%. So for me, I like the idea of the male portion being partnered I think often they are more respectful <laughs> because they have someone at home that they know how to treat well. And I also like that it's a lot less drama than it tends to be with the single guys at times. It's like, you know, they think a lot of the same ways that we do because they're in this for fun. They're in this to enhance their relationship just like we are. And sometimes the single people, not always, I'm not generalizing, but sometimes the single people uh, tend to muddy the waters a little bit and we don't seem to get that with the couples. So that's one of the reasons I really, really enjoy this. I think the other part of it, though, is that it seems very erotic to me. The idea of you being with somebody else's wife or significant other versus just some woman is more exciting for me. Yeah, and that's a conversation that I had with the gal I was having dinner with just the other day, the other night. And it's pretty simple. The First of all, as you said, there is a level of understanding and respect that couples have because they are coupled. They understand what it's like to either live with someone and, you know, kind of interact with someone on a daily basis and be courteous and thoughtful and, and kind and polite and, you know, all those things. So they get Not it. always, but, but that Not has always. been our experience up to this point. Yeah, but the majority of time, they understand that, they are going to, most of the time, they're going to treat you as if they treat their significant other type of thing. They want to be treated the same way, and they're going to treat you the same way. Sure. They want that mutual respect, and, and, and that's an easy thing a lot of times to determine how well a couple gets along. You can really see that when you're you know speaking with their significant other. And for me, being separate from you is always exciting because whether I am, so for example, I was was having dinner with this, this gal a night two nights ago. You were with friends, your lifestyle friends, and I knew that you could potentially be playing and having a great time. I didn't know what you were doing necessarily. We communicate, obviously, throughout the course of the evening through text messages, so we know we, that we're both safe. But the whole time, of course, I'm very much engaged in this with this woman uh, at the time because we got along really well, but I'm still thinking about what is Brenna up to? Is she playing? Is she naked? Like, what's happening? And <laughs> it's fun to do that. And have that conversation with the person I'm currently sitting with because, of course, she's fully aware of who you are in our relationship. In fact, she communicated with you prior to our having a date. So she knew you were out and uh, potentially playing. And, of course, every time you would send me a text message, she's like, oh, what is she up to now kind of thing. It's very exciting and very sexy, I think, and erotic, particularly you know, building up to potential play. It's just it changes how I feel about a situation leading up to sex. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting about that is when you think back to the very beginning of our journey, when we were fairly new to the lifestyle, we were playing with couples. And, and at the time, we thought we did want to be in the same room. We thought we wanted to have that four-way connection and all four be in the same room on the same bed. And so our first probably... I don't know, six or seven times with couples was exactly that. And it never really seemed to work out all that well. Like it was always a good time or I should say usually a good time, but it was never just this explosion of sexiness. And in fact, I often think back to 
the differences in times when I was out with just a single guy versus the times we were with a couple and our connection with each other afterwards was very different. And I think it was mostly because being in this mangle of bodies all on the same bed was distracting for us and it didn't allow us to focus on the erotic parts of it. Well, I often talk to people about a situation that you and I had, particularly when I'm uh, talking to guys during a, a coaching session when it comes to the conversational full swap or soft swap. And, you know, a lot of people are hung up on the idea of, oh, it's got to be full swap. It's got to be, it's got to be. The most erotic couple session I think you and I have had still to date is the one and only soft swap that we had. And I tell people that because the experience that you and I had after that session is still the hottest that we've ever had after playing with a couple. Sure. We had a 20-minute drive home from their home, from their house. And it was as hot as it could be because we literally had to wait 20 minutes to get our clothes off. And then by the time we got home, our encounter together, our intimacy was very intense. And that's because of that buildup, the anticipation, right? We were so worked up at that point. I mean, we just couldn't keep our hands off of each other. Oh, so this is interesting then because I think we're talking about slightly different reasons why the couple-on-couple same-bed thing doesn't work for us. You're saying that you like the anticipation and you don't necessarily like seeing what's going on real-time because you want to be surprised by it later. And for me, it's different. Well, it's not so much that... Yeah, part of it is that I want to be surprised, certainly. The other part is I am distracted. So I'm more concerned... Not concerned, but I'm more interested a lot of times in what you're doing than what I'm doing, which is going to, of course, take away from my partner. And I I don't want to do that. I find when we're with another couple in the same room that it's kind of... It tends to be a logistical nightmare. There's a lot of just like legs going all over the place and you can't really find a good position and... I've been basically injured twice during play sessions. One time you gave me a bloody nose. You butted me in the face with your knee, obviously completely by accident. But it's just because you're in such a small space with so many people and it doesn't feel super sexy to do that. For me, again, this is this is just simply my opinion and based on our play and our experiences. Once again, that soft swap experience we had worked for us as a couple on couple situation because there was no expectation of actual intercourse. We didn't need to be concerned about whether or not I was going to have to focus on you or not, or that I would focus on you heavily or not, because that was taken off the table. There was also, we were in a living room type situation. We were not on a bed because, of course, there was no anticipation of intercourse. It was heavy petting. It was oral. Lots of foreplay, basically. And I think because of the environment, it made it easier to focus on my partner at the time. And there were periods of time where we would, she and I would stop and you and uh, her partner would, would be playing and vice versa. It was just, it was really, that was very erotic to me. As you mentioned, trying to be on one bed with four people, adults, it's just a lot. Just from a logistics perspective, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bump you or move you or, or screw up your position, you know, and in, in, in trying to get myself a position and get us a, get us comfortable and yeah it, it's a lot and if i'm thinking about all of that on top of which i'm i'm focused on you and your you know your situation your experience it's just going to take away from mine and my partner's experience and really the overall experience because it, to some degree it's awkward well and i think something that's important to discuss is 
we got kind of frustrated with the couple on couple play for a while there. I remember very distinctly leaving the home of a couple that we really like and have played with a couple of times. They're such sweet people, but we left their house and you were like, that wasn't good for me. And I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't good for you? And I still at that point didn't quite understand. Like, I wanted to make it work so badly that I just wanted us to try to power through and find our groove. I kept thinking if we play with enough couples in the same room, eventually it's just all going to fall into place. We're just going to get it because that's how you play in the lifestyle, right? That's the expectation of how you play with another couple. So I remember us having not a not an argument, but I would say a heated discussion leaving their home about the future of us and the lifestyle and you finally were like Brenna this doesn't work for me I don't know how else to tell you this it doesn't work for me and we gave it a couple days to kind of simmer and then we had the discussion again and I was like yeah you're absolutely right it's not it doesn't work because the whole point of this of being in the lifestyle period for us is to enhance what we have and that wasn't happening we were getting frustrated we were I mean we had some fun sex and and some decent times but never this explosion of excitement like we had in other situations yeah it brings up a good point because i think early on in our journey particularly with couples we did what a lot of people i think do and, and i know they do because we've we've spoken to them we tried to basically f- mold our play behind other people's yeah well and behind the norm quote-unquote what's right. normal in the lifestyle well we would we would meet with a couple they would be same room, same bed type situation. And because we were so eager to have those experiences, we would be willing to concede and just attempt to play that way. And while, as you said, a lot of times they were fun and they were, you know, the couples were great and, and we met some phenomenal people, there was no real satiation from it. Right. We didn't derive the same excitement and enjoyment that we do when we play separately. Right. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we had that conversation and we kind of came to that realization because it was really that time, that specific time that I said that we had that heated discussion after we left that changed the trajectory of us playing with couples. Well, I mean, listen, let's face it. It was a situation that really, I was at my level of frustration. I it was I was at the top of it. I couldn't do it anymore. This was simply an exercise at this point. We weren't getting out of it what we really wanted. So if you're going to be in this space and you're going to participate and you're going to do all the things you have to do to make these situations work, you know, you're basically dating people. You're going to dinner. You're going to have drinks and you're courting people. You're being courted yourself and getting to know people. That's a, that's a, that takes time. That's effort, you know, and, and it's time. Money. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there, sure. There's a financial component, but more than anything, it's time away from us. Right. Right. We, the whole point of this is for us to become closer and, and grow closer together through these experiences. And if at the end of the experience, we're just frustrated time after time, I just kept thinking to myself, this is insane. This is not working. We have to change this. And just because this particular type of play works for these folks does not mean it's the only way and does not mean it's going to work for us. And it didn't. And then we finally, again, we just came to the realization that we had to change our method of play to make it work for us. I think what's so interesting about that, though, is even when once we decided that we weren't going to play in the same room with couples, we didn't think to start looking for couples that play separately. We instead decided to kind of back off on seeing couples and focus on single people, which made sense and resulted in some great play and some great relationships. But I do find that so interesting that we were still at this point of thinking like, well, 
most couples probably aren't going to want to play with us the way that we play. Yeah, for sure. And let, I'll say this. We have also, even after coming to that realization, have had some amazing experiences with couples together. We have our coupled friends, for example, that we have played with often and just enjoy their company. So there are those instances where chemistry really does take over, right? I mean, we know that. However, the one thing that we also don't want people to do, and we have run into this as well, we'll meet a couple, types of play won't necessarily be part of the conversation prior necessarily to meeting, or even if we're digitally communicating, it's not the first two, three, four, five messages. What we don't want is for couples to also then change their style of play to suit us, which we have had happen before or attempted to have happen before. Couples, for example, who always play together in the same room, willing to change the way they play to play separately for the opportunity to hang out with us. And we don't want that to be the case. We don't play that way. So we, we went down the single person path for a long time. Like I said, had a lot of fun. And it wasn't until really recently that we started discussing, like, wouldn't it be so hot if we found a couple and we were both able to go on separate dates even with them and then play separately with them? And we kind of laughed because at that point we were still in Montana, obviously very limited options in terms of people for us to play with, period, let alone people who play like we do. So we kept saying when we get on the road, that needs to be a priority for us. We want to seek that out because it's something that we just think would be so incredibly erotic to do. And now we're on the road and we're basically making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've said many times leading up to our getting on the road, obviously, we're going to have to change the way we look at play anyway, because we've discussed this before. We became lazy swingers. It became easy for us because we had a lot of regular playmates. And we didn't have to adjust our method of meeting people and interacting with people because we had, again, our, our regular playmates. And now that we do really kind of have to pivot and we're finding our, our sea legs, so to speak, we have the opportunity once again to almost, I don't want to say reinvent how we play in this space and how we interact with people, but certainly creating our own really effective method of finding the right people and having the interactions that we really, really genuinely want. And that seems to be working. Oddly enough, it's, it seems to be working. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really interesting is if you guys listened to our last episode of Sex on Your Terms, we were talking about needing a win and really getting some some momentum going in our lifestyle play again. Well, that happened since that last episode, which I'm proud of us for doing, because what happened was we looked at kind of this lack of play and lack of frequency like we discussed, and we weren't happy with it. So it's like, what do you do then? You change. You figure out a new system, a new way of doing things. And one of the things we've started doing now, like I mentioned, was really focusing it not entirely, but I would say more significantly on the couple interaction and finding couples that make sense for us. And we have talked many times in the past, both on this podcast and a lot on Front Porch Swingers, about the vetting process and how important that is, especially with single guys, because a lot of times you need to sniff out some weirdness and red flags. One of the things we've really had to do in terms of vetting or understanding compatibility with couples now is asking their style of play. Right. And, ha and having an understanding with them ahead of time of how we play, being very clear with our communication about the ways in which we feel comfortable engaging with other couples because we don't want to be in a situation where we digitally correspond with a couple we go and meet them we have all four of us sit down and have drinks or have dinner or whatever and then 
they ask us to engage with them. And then we have to have that awkward conversation of you guys are really cool, but we don't play that way. It's interesting because as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, you know, we really pride ourselves on reading bios and being very specific with what we're looking for in those bios. The couple that we are referring to, the gal of, of the couple that I just met with and played with, and, and you're, of course, meeting the husband this uh, this week, in their bio, it doesn't necessarily lay out specifically how they play. In fact, they do say in there that, they, that they're a couple and that they play as a couple. It doesn't say that they play separately. It doesn't identify that. So it really wasn't until, and actually the husband reached out to us, that, and he and I started communicating, that that became somewhat clear. And the way it became clear, and kudos to him, he texted, he sent me a message and said, hey, my wife would really like to chat with you and get to know you better. Here is her phone number. Sent me, te- sent me her, her number to text her. I, of course, reciprocated and sent him my number. She texted me immediately. And that's where the, the correspondence came from. And how refreshing, because I also, with your consent and his wife's and his, sent him your number. Yes. And that's how this whole thing came about. So I guess my point is, yeah, you got to read the bios. You got to make sure there's some absolute compatibility, but you got to have that conversation too. You got to be prepared to have a conversation about, hey, this is how we play. Are you guys even close to the same kind of method? And then after that, when I met the wife of this couple, we had a very open conversation about a 30 minute conversation about what play looks like for them, what it looks like for us. And how do we make it work? Because the conversation did come up. Do we play together? Do we all meet before we each of us individually play? Do we just play separately and, and kind of let each couple do their own thing? All of those questions were part of that conversation. And it, it really was refreshing to be able to have that conversation with another couple who gets how we play. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's another part of this conversation that we need to discuss, which is, we are still different from what is considered. It's so funny to say normal in the lifestyle because I don't think there should be a normal in the lifestyle. There isn't. But what is considered most common, most common, yes, is couple for couple. And it's once again, same room play. And so we have friends in the lifestyle who we don't necessarily play with because they're not compatible with us in that way. But having discussions with them and granted, they're friends of ours. They're not going to be judgmental of us, but you can tell they don't entirely understand why it is we play the the way that we do. And we, of course, communicated to them that you know, the the things that we talked about earlier in this episode, the logistical part of it, getting bogged down in what the other person's doing, not being able to focus on the sexy fun with one person. Those things are important to us. I think what's important to other couples are things that we don't necessarily deem necessary for us at this point, right? Like, I think that we're comfortable enough in our play, for instance, that I don't I don't need to know exactly what you're doing at all times, right? I don't, and and I also trust, we have very few rules, almost none at this point, but if I laid a boundary for you, I trust that that's going to be followed whether I'm there or not. Yeah, well, the rule is simple. The rules are simple. It's safe. It's safety in every way. So it's obviously safe sex, safe play, but also safety in that I know where you are, you know where I am, we can reach each other, we know know who we're with, and you know, those kinds of things. That's the main thing for us, right? That, I mean, that, th- those rules are really steadfast. When it comes to 
us being separate and playing, yeah, I have no concern that you're doing something that you quote unquote shouldn't be doing. There isn't anything you shouldn't be doing. You should be enjoying yourself and doing it safely. I'm convinced that that's what you will be doing. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I won't speak for you, but I'm certain that's how you feel about it. And when you're in a situation where you don't have to be worried about all those extraneous things, and you're not concerned about your partner or your partner's not concerned about every little thing you're doing, it just makes the experience more fluid. It just makes it more comfortable for everyone. You're not second guessing yourself at any point, you know, during play or even prior to play. It just makes for a more comfortable situation. And when you're with a partner who is potentially coupled, as we're discussing, who has the ex- the exact same kind of understanding with their significant other, man, I mean, you talk about seamless experiences. Well, and the sky is the limit. There's so many possibilities of what can happen during that sex. I mean, it's just, I think that's the other thing. And I, of course, I understand why especially newer couples, but couples in general have rules and boundaries. Those are important to you in your relationship. And there's nothing wrong with no, that whatsoever. Our, listen, we talk to people all the time through our, uh, through coaching that we say in the beginning, you really need to lay out as many rules as you think you need. You can start chopping those down at any time, but you should have a pretty good set of rules that you're comfortable with. Yeah, it's important that you do that. And you, I think everything, like, like anything else, you evolve in this space. Right. But I guess my point is we have not always felt that we are a good fit for certain couples because of those rules. Yes. Because I also don't want to be in a situation in which I'm playing with someone and I break one of those rules inexplicably on accident. Of course, I would never purposefully do that, but I don't want to have to be worried about it the whole time. We were talking with a couple recently, for example, and we were not talking about playing with them. They were asking us some advice about playing with another couple and about how that couple is really seasoned and experienced. And they were concerned that that couple wasn't going to respect their rules and boundaries. So I asked them what their rules and boundaries were, and they laid out probably 15 of them. And I'll be honest, it it was a lot. It was like, you know, you would need an entire book to sit there and take notes, you know, a notepad and a pen to write down all of the plethora of rules because there's no way that you would remember all of them when you get into a play scenario. And if those are your rules, once again, you have to find people that are compatible with you in that way and that are totally okay with following all of them. Well, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. You're in the middle of, you know, you're in the height of play, for example, and you're, you're kind of in this sexy mode. And then you have to think, wait, okay, wait a minute, there's 15 or 20 things I cannot do. And you're trying to remember those while you're in this, what seemingly should be a sexy situation. It doesn't lend itself to being super sexy because now I'm thinking about the things I cannot do right. instead of the things I, I should be doing or, you know, in terms of play or want to do. You want to engage properly, but it's also like you don't want to get bogged down with all, the, all of these things. And if you're in a situation where you have to be concerned about that, it's going to affect the physical portion of the situation. Right. Yes. And, and listen, I get it. As you said, there has to be rules, particularly for couples who are very new to the space and you should have them. You should do yourself the service of aligning yourselves with couples who are on the same page. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it really just makes the most sense, which is exactly what we're doing. We are finding now, yes. couples who are compatible with us now. And it's taken some real time. It's taken us really wrapping our heads around that concept. But that's what we're doing. And I like it because I think it's opening up a different side of our relationship, 
not, I shouldn't say our relationship, but our sexual relationship, certainly. Well, and what's happening, I think, and I thought about this even this morning before we started recording, I think the reason that we're finding some success in what we're talking about here, which is finding couples who play similarly to us, for example, separately, we're in bigger places. We're in places with a lot more people. And, you know, when we were still back home in Montana, we had a difficulty with this because, you know, as you prefaced earlier, fewer number of people, fewer potential couples and play partners. So, of course, the opportunity for same rule set, it's going to diminish as well. And as we start getting out a little bit more and meeting more people in larger, more populated places, now the opportunities seem to be presenting themselves a lot more frequently. Yeah. And and I think that's really was the key for us was getting away from, you know, getting out of this kind of small little nucleus of, of people that we knew and that we corresponded with and opening up the line of communication to more people. That seems to be working. Yeah. It also has been eye-opening in a lot of ways, though. For example, now that we're seeking out couples who play similarly to us, much like you mentioned this couple reaching out to you, even though it didn't say on their bio that they play separately, they do play separately. I see that a lot. I see a lot where the bios are very kind of vague, I think what's even worse is because we're seeing so many profiles, because we're in areas with so many people on so many sites, there are so many bios that I'm seeing that are the most vague you could possibly imagine. You know, it's it's things like we're a, a fit couple looking to have fun or, a, you know, yeah. we're fun loving professional couple who want discretion. That doesn't tell me who you are as a swinging couple. I have no idea how you play. I have no idea what your style looks like. And I think that the problem there, the real issue at hand there is that there is this assumption from people who are either newer to the lifestyle or have always played couple for a couple in the same room, that that's what swinging is. And you don't need to outline anything other than that because that's the assumption when someone gets on your profile. Well, and again, well, let me say this to your point. I agree with you. A lot of the profiles say, for example, that they play together. They don't outline that they play separately. What I'm finding out as I'm corresponding with couples is that they do that to weed out the single guys. Because if it says they play together, a number of single guys, a percentage of single guys, won't reach out. So they do that as a defense mechanism. But once again, they could also outline that. We play, we play together or separately, but we only play with couples. We're not interested in single people at this time. Right. My point is, be specific. Because when you're in, especially these larger metropolitan areas, and there's a lot of opportunity out there, you're probably losing out on really great couples or people in general because you're not specifically outlining what it is you want yeah and it happens a lot because there'll be couples that will reach out to us and it, it just happened recently i would not based on their bio have reached out to them exactly so i it, it just didn't seem that it was a fit they were super attractive couple and i'm sure they're they're lovely people but based on their profile it said they play together same room it actually said we only play as a couple, is what it said, okay? Now, that could mean a lot of things, I suppose. We only play as a couple means maybe we're going to meet you as a couple and potentially we could play separately, but that's not what it said. So we only play as a couple. When they reached out, I let them know. It was the gentleman of the couple who reached out to me. I said, hey, really, so your profile, you guys, you know, great pictures, really appreciate it. We don't play like you do. Not sure we're going to be a fit. Sent me back a question mark. How do you mean? We play predominantly separately. We rarely play with couples. Was as a as a couple was my response. He said, "Oh, we play separately too." 
like, well, I didn't see that in your bio. Right? <laughs> I, I, that wasn't indicated to me. So, of course, we began a line of communication. And what he said to me was, we do that to weed out the single guys. And to your point, yeah, you could put in single guys not interested or we'll reach out to you. They've done that, as, as he told me in the past, and it just doesn't stop them. So he said, for whatever reason, it seems to be that if we put in there, we only play as a couple you know, a certain percentage of single men won't reach out. And they do play with single men. Problem is they get, like we do, bombarded by single guy messages. Yeah, and so it's kind of a lose-lose. You either lose out on potential couples or, or single you have, guys. Or yeah. you have 500 single guys reaching out to you. Yeah, Yeah, it's absolutely. unfortunate. I guess yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, but, and again, like I said, yes, you got to read the bios. You got to make sure there should be some level of compatibility, some nugget in there that would make you say, yes, this couple will work for us. However, there are times where you might, as you've mentioned, pass up on a couple because it doesn't appear as though their interests align with yours because of that, you know. Uh, but for us, going forward, we now know that there are other people out there like us. We are not alone. And there's a fair number of them, in fact, that we're finding. And so we are going to stay focused on that as it pertains to couple play. Of course, we still play with singles, love single, playing with single guys. You know, the hot wife experience for us is really the height of eroticism from for us as a couple and our reconnective time. So we're always, you know, going down that path. Well, in in terms of that, we've also talked about me potentially playing with a couple. Yes. By myself. Yes. And that's something I've only really done once ever. And it was a soft swap type interaction. It was not a, yeah. a full play situation. So I'd really like to make that happen at some point. I think not only would that fulfill the hot wifing portion of it, and I, I think it would really excite you, but I'm bisexual and I love being with women. So it also scratches that itch for me. Yeah. Well, and you just had the opportunity just the other night to play with other people a couple and just regular, just a bunch of folks without me there, which I think is super hot and erotic because I wasn't present and I didn't know that you were doing that. I was on a date. I right. had no idea. <laughs> I knew you were with lifestyle friends. I just had no clue exactly what was going on. And as it turns out, you were kind of in this group play type situation, which is just something you and I have never experienced before. It's a first for us, another first, I should sure. say, and just super hot. So yeah, I like that idea very much, much like you like the idea of my being out on a date with a coupled person with the potentiality of play. Yeah. You didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't even know, obviously, what was going to happen. I had no idea. Nor did I. Until it was past midnight and you still weren't, weren't <laughs> right. back. So then yeah. I was like, eh, probably. But. Yeah, this is going well. I had no idea. Neither did you. But no. and, the tr and let's talk about that for a second. We don't need to go into specifics. That, uh, that situation, that date, uh, that play session, as it turns out, was absolutely a home run because primarily the the person I was with had a partner who, much like yourself, was a hundred percent on board, understood what was happening, where we were, with whom you know she was playing and talking with. We play the same way, or at least we have the the potential for playing the same way. All of those boxes were checked. There was never a time during that evening where there was any level of discomfort in, is everything going to be okay? Is your partner okay? Is my partner okay? It it never even came up. It was just like two people on a first date, just laughing and having a really good time, which of course made it relaxing and inevitably turned into a really <laughs> super pleasurable play session to the extent that you're now going to go out with the husband of that couple. Yeah. You yeah. know, 
I mean, that's a that's a success. It absolutely is. And I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that we we learned to pivot a little bit. And now that we're focusing on that and it's not just this couple either, we've been in correspondence with a few couples now where they play similarly to us. And it's really funny. I've been talking to a couple and I haven't even told you this yet because it was just yesterday that it started. But they said something that we say all the time, which is, Finding people like us is like finding... It feels like needle in a haystack situation. Yes. Yes. We have been around a lot of lifestyle people at this point in our journey and very few play like us. In fact, many of them kind of shake their heads and go, well, why do you guys do that? And and we get why, because if you are so far the other way or so far removed from the way that we play, it would be hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah. I don't necessarily love the judgment we sometimes get about it, but that's a whole different thing. Well, I, I can think of uh, up to this point now, including the couple that we are currently corresponding with and the wife of that couple with whom I just had a, uh, a date, I think we have actually interacted with and maybe played with three couples that play the way we do. Yeah. In in totality. Yep. And that's saying something because we, as you said, have met a lot of people in this space, couples particularly, and all, out of all of them, only three play the way we do. Now, have we missed out on some opportunities with couples who probably play the way we do? Yeah, 100%. Now that I fully understand it, all of their methods of play or methodology maybe isn't outlined in a bio and maybe you're not going to find out for the with the few first few messages that you you know you send so we've got to be a little bit more specific and that's really what i think this is all about for us this this journey being away from home and everything that we knew it's really opening ourselves up to other opportunities and being clearer about what it is that we're looking for we didn't have to do that. Again, we were lazy swingers. We did not have to do that before. Now we do. Right. You know, we have to be much clearer about it and and really not only clearer, but more thoughtful about it. You know, we have to be we have to understand that a lot of people do not play our way. They just don't. Yeah, I think it, for me I see it as an opportunity for just growth. I I see us kind of pivoting and starting to focus on couples again, but doing it far more strategically and thoughtfully than we have in the past. It's building up all sorts of skills for us again, right? Things like very clear and concise communication. Not that we're bad communicators, but I think in this situation with the A, lack of time that we have available to to meet with people and be the very specific needs and desires we want to fulfill. We have to be so careful and thoughtful about the things that we're saying to other people and the nuggets of information we're providing to them, which is something that we've done in the past, but like you said, kind of got away from. So it's just building that skill level up again. Yeah. And we've talked about this and I actually mentioned this to the gal I was out on a date with the other night. At some point we will likely get off the road and determine where it is that we want to live, right? We're gonna we're gonna figure out where we want to be. Sure. A lot of how we're going to determine that, I believe you and we, you and I have had this conversation, is going to be based on the people that we come in contact with. We're gonna find our group of people, and we're gonna find the mindset in an area that we really appreciate. A lot of that has to do with how we interact with folks going forward. And being active, being proactive in getting to know exactly where people lie in terms of play and interacting. And the polyamorous component is important to us. We, we believe fully that we will 
end up or our journey will end with a polyamorous relationship of some kind between the two of us. Very likely a kink element as well. Highly likely. And so, yeah, I mean, we really need to be clearer when it comes to meeting folks so that we can start to figure out, you know, where we want to be and who we want to be around. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of thoughts uh, that we can leave you with on this one. I guess the one that I think is most pertinent is no matter what your personal play style is, as in listener, person listening to this episode right now, just know that that's not the only way to do things in the lifestyle. And so when you interact with people, you really do have to look for that compatibility. You have to understand that it's a lot like dating, right? You don't, you're not going to uh, hit it out of the park with every single person you date when you're a single person. You're also not going to be compatible and have everything in common that you need to have in common with another couple or person when you're in the lifestyle. It's the same thing, same concept. Yeah. And here's the other thing to keep in mind, because what the lifestyle for us has has been about from the beginning has been about forming relationships. We have been very fortunate to have formed some very strong, now at this point, lifelong relationships with folks in this space. And for us, we meet a lot of couples that we are not sexually compatible with for a variety of reasons, many that we outlined here. However, they are still our friends, and we love seeing them and going out with them and going to events with them and special occasions with them and just corresponding with them. So there's nothing wrong with developing relationships with people just because you're not going to sleep with them doesn't mean you can't develop a friendship with them in this space. It's really cathartic for us to be around people who think the way we do. Well, I say all the time, too, that I, I strongly believe that everyone should have lifestyle friends that they don't have sex with. Yes. Right? They should just have those people that understand them, that are like-minded, but don't necessarily need to sleep together in order to connect. I think that that's such a special bond, and I'm really glad that we have found that as well. So don't just focus on the sexual aspect either. Find people that, that mean something to you beyond the sex. Yeah, you need to meet people like you would in normative life who are friends, legitimate friends. You go out to dinner with, and you go bowling with, or you, you know whatever, when life gets back to normal that you can do together. And that makes the experiences in the lifestyle that much more important to you. At least it does for us. They, anytime a lifestyle couple, now of course things are a little different. We're on the road, not at home anymore. But anytime one of our lifestyle couple friends would reach out and say, hey, we're at such and such a restaurant, come meet us for a drink. All that meant was we were going to meet them for a drink and have some laughs. That did not mean necessarily that we were going to meet for drinks and then go play. It was just out with friends who get you, who you understand. You can have open, non-judgmental conversations with. That's what it's all about for us. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty beautiful thing, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. When you consider what we've just done this past week and the number of people we've come in contact with and had the opportunity to meet from all over you know, different parts of the country, different parts of the world, for that matter, and how everybody just comes together, it, it's just amazing. So if you guys want to talk about this topic in a little bit more detail with us, one-on-one, two-on-two, etc., we would love to. We have coaching services and consultation appointments available at sexonyourterms.com. There's also other resources there that you can check out. Of course, you can email us at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at sexonyourterms. And I think that that is what we have for you this time. So until next time, we hope you enjoy sex on your terms.